Revenue with your host today, Susan Finch. Susan Finch here, your host today for Rooted in Revenue. And I am really excited. I have somebody back, Ledge, you are back to continue our conversation on these major four points on your site that every business owner kind of needs to know. Today, we're going to be coming back to two topics, folks. No lead should ever be ignored, but that doesn't mean every lead should be sold to. And our second piece of this two-part interview We'll be breaking even on a sales team means keeping score in gross profit, not gross revenue. Some of you don't realize what all goes behind the numbers and you forget to account for it. You think you're super profitable on this big deal company. You made no money. Why? Because you spent it all. So we're going to talk about that as well. So Ledge, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you here. It's good to be back. Thank you. It's always a joy. The last one was a lot of fun. We had fun with both those episodes. So I want to keep going with you because what you say makes sense. What you say is actionable. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And any wisdom is hard won through many failures. I would like to help everybody just go straight to the smart stuff. So (laughs) I love it. And if you guys want to learn more about Ledge, you can find them on LinkedIn, but you can also find them at add10.co. That's A-D-D, the number one, Z-E-R-O.co. And we'll give you that again at the end. But I want to cover that first to know that you you can find so many resources from him and learn so much and bring on a great partner to your company. So here we go. Let's talk about no lead should be ignored, but not all leads should be sold to. Yeah, absolutely. So we work primarily at what I would call bottom of funnel. So we really, we exist not in lead generation or outbound or getting people to come to the company. We count on you brilliant marketers for those things. Once a lead becomes a meeting is where my world begins, our world. And therefore, we need to think about what do we do working with marketing so that, that, let's say, gray line between marketing and sales where we all really need to collaborate on lead qualification and disqualification. And what do you do with people who come to your site through your marketing, get through your funnel, and yet are just simply not the right type of client for you? You don't want to treat them poorly. You want to treat them in a a very respectful, even educational manner. You know, How can I add value to someone who just simply can't pay my business? We've all had the experience where we've been dismissed by a business and it kind of just doesn't feel right. But you can imagine the better experience, like really good brand building experiences when a company that knows that you're not right for them treats you really good anyway. And you're going to tell your friends, like, I had this great experience with this company. They treated me awesome. You know, it turned out like it was not a fit at all, but they recommended their own competitor or they gave me educational tips. I mean, there's all kinds of ways to do that. So that's what we're talking about here. How do we use quasi human based automation techniques to make sure the prospect can self identify if they're not a great fit and also provide them with some value? So they chose their own exit from the funnel and they brought something with them that feels positive about the brand and the experience of 
of dealing with you. You only want the people. So we deal with a lot of services businesses, mostly. You only want to get that sales appointment with somebody that has a pretty high threshold of qualification because you want your meeting to close ratio to be high so that these are people that you actually can propose to and do things with. That's where this all came up in our world. I found one of the things over the last 20 years that I appreciate the most and the companies I remember the most and recommend the most are the ones who educate me on how to sift out somebody like me. Mm-hmm. How do you actually look for somebody that is your marketing partner? How do you look for a real estate agent? How do you look for a CRM company? What should you know about yourself first and your needs? And the companies that give me those types of lists empower me, make me not feel stupid, don't talk down to me, aren't cramming a sale down my throat that probably doesn't fit. And I will remember them and recommend them and share their information because it's so valuable for anybody, no matter who they choose. Yeah. And knowing that about your own business allows you to express your ideal customer profile to the potential clients. So, and this is where I think, you know, money is a, is a good motivating factor. One of the great, if you got too many meetings coming in, uh, that's awesome. Set up a little gate around your minimum step in price. And hopefully that goes up, you know, over time, that can be really, a really good tool to do. So for example, I don't know, one of our clients, we get a lot of inbound leads because we get a lot of recommendations, everything's going well, but a lot of those people are price shopping. And as a premium provider, this particular company just, you know, can't, do anything for, I don't know, let's say $2,000, where their minimum step in price is 10,000. So effectively, then how do you, how do you educate that person, allow them to do their own selection out and, and leave them with something valuable. So in that case, we had to figure out how to use a lead form that didn't ask for too much information, but asked for just enough information. And if then we could do, you know, sort of a fork in the road, like if this, then that, you know, type of thing. If they indicate they only have a budget that is obviously insignificant compared to what we would need to charge them, what materials can we give them? So we'll show them a video discussing, here's how you might think about shopping at that level. Here are the things to watch for with shysty providers who maybe are you know, offshore. There's always somebody that will try to give you a $250 version of what should cost $10,000. Here are the pitfalls of doing that. So both you know, educate them on like, well, if you can afford a premium product and you're just being cheap, here are the things that you're going to pay for on the backside out of your own time and, and effort, if not your money. And if you are, in fact, only able to spend a, a small amount of money at this particular point in your business, here are the things that you should do to shop for a provider that, that can meet that. And here are the corners that you know, you're going to need to cut. That could be okay. And please remember us when you reach you know, threshold ABC and X, Y, and Z, so that we can serve you, you know, at the level that we're uh, able to do so. You can also set up, you know, partnerships at different buying levels. So, I mean, I'm talking like a tiny amount of business and commission flows through this. For most companies, we'll find a low cost provider that we can at least trust at a basic level, and we'll pass those leads over. And you know, we get a little tiny bit of money. It's not really the point. It's just to make sure, like. I don't throw this lead off a cliff. Like someone I trust is at least basically taking care of them. So <laughs> partner programs are good for that. You know, you should be able to kind of cover the full horizontal and vertical value chain that you need to for those people. I think that's one of the more missed opportunities companies have on their websites, the education piece. 
they're so busy about moving people through the funnel. Yeah. Let's, you know, shove them through, shove them through, you know, call to action, call to action constantly. The education piece is valuable in so many ways, especially if you are mentioning your competitors and things for search, just for search alone. Well, that's and, true too. Yeah. And to position you as this lengthy discussion on something that we take for granted again, that we know, we know how you should discern this. We know how, what these people need to know and to have these nuggets on your website they get shared out everywhere and you never know whose hands are going to land in that may not be, again, may not fit <laughs> your profile, but they'll know somebody. It's, it, it is the funny thing about content marketing, right? It's like nobody looks at it until somebody looks at it, you know? Right. And I, I think that for a very long time, I was making these nicely produced YouTube videos and, you know, and I'm just looking like there's three views on all these things. And I know two of them is my mom on her phone and her computer, but you got to do it. And ultimately... I'm able to lean back into that library of educational content. And we, yes, we turn them into sales enablement materials and all that. But that long-term effort to in all ways turn your abilities and, and your thoughts into educational pieces will pay off. I will admit though, at times I kind of look, it's like, geez, we're spending a tremendous amount of money to have nobody listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know how you become an influencer. And it's funny that people call you a thought leader sometimes, you know, like I, that, the first time people go like, well, you're, you're successful and you're a thought leader. I'm like, you know, I'm kind of looking behind me, like, who are they talking to? <laughs> but it, it does, it does pay off and, and you should make those long-term library investments. Shit. And I'm going to also say, go, I know this isn't about content marketing, but folks go back and revisit those. Make sure it's still current. You're not talking about things that are 2015 best practices that's still in your drip campaign and people are finding. And go I, just had, I, I just had a client do that. Check your SEO footprint. Yeah. We had old offers. We yes. had, you know, like stuff that we didn't have like two pivots ago, you know, that was yeah. what we did. And I'm just like, dude, you got to take this stuff down. Like 301 redirect. Like this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like you got Google or, juice on bad things. Or update the content on it. Yeah. Because you don't want to lose that long tail. The that's juice. Out. Yeah. Just put last updated and here it is. And hey, we learned this since then because yeah. people appreciate that as well. I hate ending up on old content on sites when I'm considering companies of like, oh, what do they think about this and that? Mm -hmm. And they don't put dates on anything and you don't realize it's nine years old and they haven't done anything since. That just means it's evergreen. It's still wrong, but it's evergreen. <laughs> it's, it's evergreen wrong. It's evergreen wrong. Yeah, right. <laughs> It'll be wrong forever. Yeah. <laughs> But this I, is I how yeah. we educate folks to actually thin it out. And I'm not saying we have to give all the pricing up front and things, but to allow them to understand this probably isn't a fit for me. This is too big. They're too big. Right. I'm too little. And you really only want to do business with the clients. that's the right fit. That's a business maturity thing that you really want to get to as quick as you can. And it hurts and niching sucks. And it really is, is painful but they are the ones that are going to stick around and do business with you longer. Right. That group, the cohort of people that's the actual right people. Why do you want to get all the other ones? Because they take so much work and they don't oh pay gosh, and they yes. churn and you know, it's just not good. Yeah. No, I don't like the churn. <laughs> Nobody likes churn. <laughs> Churn's bad. I think again, from the funnel standpoint, you know, it's like you can use some automation for that, but ultimately like make sure you have uh, sales and marketing work together on, a human look at, you know, like the discernment in your, in your funnel. It's like, is this a fit? Why is it not a fit? If it's not a fit, are there any flags that I can indicate 
ahead of time from an automation standpoint. For example, in some businesses, many clients of ours, you know, if you get an inbound lead and it's a generic email address, you know, Gmail, Hotmail, et cetera, et cetera, it comes from one of certain regions or time zones, you know, like they're sort of like negative scoring techniques that you kind of go, this is probably not going to work for us. You know, we, we would do maybe sometimes you can do a currency analysis. You kind of go like in their country, our minimum price would cost them $50,000, you know, or 50,000, whatever in their country that would be untenable. And it's honestly like, it's unethical to even try to take somebody's money for that. When down the street, there could be a provider that could help them out. So we're careful with that. I think you just treat people the way you want to be treated in your funnel experience. And if you just drop in emails and automatically throw them off the, the drip cliff and you know, all these things, it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't speak well to you. No, <laughs> you can hear the dog claws. He's just walking around on a wooden floor. You need to sit. He's really cute for everybody that is not watching the video. I was totally distracted by this really cute <laughs> face popped up on the thing. Yeah, Hudson. He's just kind of walking around. That's our life now. Kids and dogs in, in all is. videos. Yeah. Can, the other dog's getting his teeth cleaned. He's at the dentist. The little one, his teeth crisscross. I'm not going to worry about it. He's just the dog. <laughs> I can only do so much. You get to pay for uh, anesthetic today. At the, yes. The so that's good times. Those are good times. We don't do that frequently. We might do that every couple of years. Yeah. He can eat rawhide or something else. I don't know. <laughs> Gravel, whatever. He's not super bright, but sweet. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good one that you would push out the top of the funnel, you know, and do a little education and just, you know, call it a day, but you don't want him to be your client. <laughs> oh, man. So have you ever been surprised for you or for a client of leads you really thought you should ignore and you had to go, wait a minute, rethink this. We have, and we leave that escape hatch. In fact, yeah, I can think of a couple of deals and it's not a high percentage, but money is money, right? Where we uh, had only used automation technology, we would have disqualified, but we make sure that the emails that we send out were able to capture the proper information and allow them to lift themselves kind of out of it. So in fact, they were saying, yeah, that price is good. Yeah, this is what I want. And we, we got into an email dialogue. And in several cases, the deal closed over email, having never had to get through the funnel. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that personalization and care and dialogue actually was valuable. We never got on the call and we did a contract, you know, email only because of this uh, particular method. So it's filtering as much as it's awareness and awareness is, is better. If it is a good client, you, you could be wrong in all your brilliant lead scoring and <laughs> don't, you know, and that's the worst thing you could do because somebody going, and we've all had that experience of like, I'm trying to pay you money and your stupid system is throwing me out. I hate that. That happens, you know, a, a lot of times. And you kind of go like, why is it so hard to buy from you? <laughs> I two, three times a week. Yeah. Yep. So we obviously as a, I guess, a, you know, sales bottom of funnel consulting type or advisor, you know, we would go through that process and go, you know, this sucks. Like the best thing you can do is, and I've seen this, everybody suggests this. I don't see people do it a lot, but have your friend go shop the company and go through the whole lead flow and screenshot every email into like a Google doc and you know, kind of just look at it 
this is literally every touch point I had. This is the space of time between the touch points. This is what I wrote. This is what they said back and forth. You know, so everybody knows somebody in your network that would be the target client of that company. Buy them a Starbucks gift card and say, hey, will you go through this and just do this for me? And, you know, this is one of my clients. Will you go shop it? And it's phenomenal what you come up with. And, you know, we, we do that stuff and we often sign up as clients of the thing before they're our client. And so right. we can play both sides and be like, you know, your customer experience on this was terrible. I don't want to sell this because watch what happened to us. And so we can put on the client hat and the consultant hat and the seller hat all at the same time. Those are great. I find that really valuable. I do that myself. I do that for clients. I do it against my competitors. I'll have Mm -hmm. friends. I said, go try and do this service. See what the experience is. I have to laugh though, in some cases that people, (laughs) one of my friends who does this for me, she says, okay, can I quit now? I'm sick of their emails. They're so bad. They're making me nuts. Yeah. They bother me. It says, please, can we be done with this one? <laughs> so I, I haven't done the competitor thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be, you know, like, look, if you can have somebody go to the competitor and ask for their rate card, that never hurt the cause either. You know, I, I think all's fair and true love. And it war, is. So, yeah. Well, and that, but like you said, they're going through the whole experience. You always have to have people yeah. go through the, the subscriber journey. Mm-hmm. What happens? What is the first thing they get? How long is it until they get something else? Mm-hmm. Did it all work? Did all the links work? Did you like what they said? Were there typos? You know, let's see what it is. And with my own, <sighs> were there typos? Is huge. The absolute garbage that you get, you know, from people. It's just like this is illiterate. Yes. Know? Like, what is this? And it's even little things on go and like reset your password. Go in, yes. you know, like to touch every button. Think of yourself as like a QA tester. You know, where you you need to do happy path, sad path, and just see what happens. And some of the stuff is just atrocious. You know, like the 404 page, like for example, Google them, go through a bunch of the top 10 things that come up for that company on their own website. Again, see how much of it is bad. Like just be a discerning fake shopper because then you got all that nice intel that you can go back to your client with. <laughs> so it's like, well, hey, it- look at all this junk. And how often do you see all the demo content still in there? All the lorem ipsum is still in there. <laughs> Really? Yeah, I think that would keep me from being, you know, being even want to work with a company like at that point, you know, it's just not cool. Like, don't, don't do that. (laughs) No, you want to be the destination that your potential lead has confidence in Mm -hmm. before it's even been discerned whether they are a good lead for you or not, because if they are not, they will still recommend you to somebody, hopefully, if you give them a good experience. We all know people that have more money than us, bigger companies than us, and smaller ones. And if you give me a good experience, I'm going to recommend you. Yeah. And you could be a partner with somebody up and down the value chain too. So uh, we're part of a partnership program where it's rare that any client that I have is going to send 5,000 emails a month to their list, let alone 5 million. But I can tell you a premier solution and I can hook you up with a guy who can do that if you want to have the best possible solution for sending 5 million plus emails a month, I think it's our job to provide those values. I can also have one that says like, you got to send 50 emails a month, do it manually. (laughs) Like, and so like orders of magnitude different in service, but have the value chain in mind for all the things that you might do for your, your prospects and clients, because they're going to come back later. And it's really important. 
It is. And they're going to change companies and they're going to grow and they're still going to remember you. I had somebody, I talked to you, I think about that the last time I had somebody come back to me after 12 years, 10 years that I hadn't talked to in that whole time, because all they remembered is that I took care of them. And it happens all kinds of places. Uh, and you know, like whoever was five years goes fast. You know, I look back five years and I'm still talking to people that I kind of dealt with at that point. Well, maybe they were manager X at that point. They're probably VP X now. Right. And two companies later, I had an experience just like that. And this goes to the value of, you know, kind of networking, just treating people well. But 12 years after I worked at a desk next to a guy, totally different five businesses ago, I knew him. He was a cool dude. He came into a bunch of money and he reached out to me and said, I saw you're doing a new business. I'm looking to invest. I just thought you were cool. You know, like, I, and you know, at that point it was like, what? Like you want to give me a hundred grand for my seed round, you know, because you thought I was cool like years ago. Cause I treated you right. And I think stuff like that happens, you know, and, and uh, yes. if you stay in the game long enough, like you just kind of recycle the good relationships that you had. And it's very important to think that way long-term. Yep. So this wraps up our conversation today with Ledge on no lead should be ignored, but not all leads should be sold to. We just gave you some whys. You're going to go back and listen to this again, and you should because there are tips in here and reminders of things that we take for granted and forget to do and are so important to put ourselves in the prospect's shoes before we approach any lead to say, come, come on, join me. Maybe not. What's their experience going to be? We want it to be great. We want it to be memorable for all the right reasons. So Ledge, thank you so much for this episode. And we'll look forward to our next one, folks. Go to the next one. Breaking even on a sales team means keeping score in gross profit, not gross revenue. Never miss an episode. Check out rootedinrevenue.com and subscribe on the site to get weekly updates of when new episodes come out. Or find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We want to be where you are, so go subscribe. We'll get you all the information you need to do your best with marketing of events and your online presence.